This is Coach Jason Thompson at Olive Branch High School, and you're listening to my favorite podcast, OB Pod. I'm Vanessa Caswell, and I am running for Olive Branch Alderman at Large, and you're listening to OB Pod. Evening, Cash. Evening, Zach. How are we doing this week, brother? Doing pretty good. You know, a little bit lighter, enjoying life a little bit more. Got back into baking bread. I felt like I wanted a pandemic to not fully end, so tried a couple of different new recipes, and then a lot of Kentucky Derby. I don't know if you're one of those racing people like I am, one of the best gambling experiences you can have, but sat down, watched it, and enjoyed it. Did you bring a piece of bread for me? No, no, I did not. You're fired. <laughs> well, that's good. That's You're doing a lot better than I am right now because I absolutely feel like I'm 100% wuss right now. Oh, no. I decided to uh, go and help a buddy of mine to help him build a deck. You know, I used to do some custom woodwork stuff and things on the side, and he needed a hand, so I went over there, and it's been a minute. And let me tell you, I'm bending over and working with wood and things of that nature. Uh, when I got home yesterday afternoon and today, it was bad. So much so that I caught a hamstring cramp that it made it look like I was a wild animal who got shot down in the plains. My son looked at me like he had seen an elephant die in the field (laughs) when I fell to the ground in agony, clutching the back of my leg, wondering how I was going to drag my stump all the way downstairs to the shower without screaming so loud to get that to go away. It was a rough evening last night, let me tell you. Those are the absolute worst. I've pulled my hamstring once in my life, believe it or not, in my sleep, and I didn't know it. I wake up, I plant on my leg, collapse, just absolutely dead, wondering what happened. Buddy comes breaking into my room because he, like you said, here's a wounded elephant down on the ground rolling. And then just burst out laughing once he finds out what happened. Yeah, there, you know, it's one thing to deal with the pain. It's another for the pure embarrassment that yeah. comes with it. Well, I mean, at least you have to say you were building a deck, doing something pretty manly, you know, having a lot of fun with it. Me, I would did it in my sleep. You take the cake on that <laughs> one, man. You take the now, cake. Did your buddy buy this wood pre-pandemic? Or does he get the full price, and he, that's why you went and helped him? I'm going to tell you that the reason I helped him out doing the <laughs> solid is because he did just buy it. And so, basically, he created another house mortgage yeah. for his deck. You know, hey, it's one of those things. I love the memes right now. Have you seen the ones that have, like, the 4 by 8 <laughs> sheet of plywood? And people are like, I'll trade this for a newer Camaro with a convertible. Oh, no low-ball low offers here. I know what I got. You know, it's just, it's just great stuff. Great, Top-notch great stuff. internet. They can't Top-notch. beat it. You know, Cash, speaking of top notch, we got to mention our local sponsor, Team Couch of Birch Realty. Guys, if you are looking to buy or sell a home in the Olive Branch or even DeSoto County area, look no further than Team Couch. Team Couch is ran by Brian Couch and his team. They have over 64 years of combined real estate experience, and they have done over 25,000 closings since 2009. That's an incredible number. We can talk numbers all day, but the reality of it is, is Brian Couch and his team give a great personal touch. They know how to handle a buying and selling of any type of real estate in this area, and they're going to take care of you on a personal level. It's not You're not going to be another number. You're not going to be another statistic to put on their belt or on their wall or anything of that nature. They are truly going to look out for what's best for you and your real estate matter. They're going to get you top dollar if you're selling and they're going to give you the best price if you're wanting to buy. And if you know the market right now, it is so hot. Having the best experience is the only way to go. One of the best things you can get from them is that free market analysis, because even if you're not considering selling, you just might once you find out how much your house is worth, and this is done free. So go ahead and give them a call at 662-449-1700 to see what your house is worth. 
Guys, like last week, we want to do a motivational message towards the beginning of the show to get you started for the week. And this week, we have a speech brought to you by Tim Tebow. There's a picture that I stumbled across. And it's one of Time's 100 most influential images of all time. And it's the picture of this young girl. She's on her way from her village to a feeding center not far away. And she's so malnourished and she's moving so slow that this vulture is waiting to attack. So the young man that took this picture, I think there was probably something in his heart that he, he wanted to do good, he just, he wasn't sure, so, so he, he captured this picture and he just waited and, and then the vulture got closer, so he kind of shooed the vulture off and then he walked away and the vulture would come right back. And he was told, because of some of the sicknesses in the areas, don't touch anybody, don't do anything, and so he didn't. He didn't. He did nothing. Because apparently the cost was too much. So he left. He went back. The New York Times published this photo in 1993. In 94, he won the Pulitzer Prize for this photo. Four months after this, he chose to end his life. You see, every single one of us, we have a chance to be successful in life. And you know what, I hope you are. I really do, I I hope you're successful. There's nothing wrong with being successful, but success is just about you. But significance is about other people. You see, that man that took that picture, he had success. That's one of the greatest honors a photographer could ever have. But obviously it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. So what's gonna be enough for you? You see, success is great. You can do a lot of things with it, but it's not gonna be fulfilling. And you can never forget that sense of urgency that it's not about your timeline, it's about their timeline. While you might have 30, 40, 50 years, they have days, minutes, moments. She had moments, but it wasn't worth it to go pick her up. It wasn't worth it to give her a hug. It wasn't worth it to tell her about the gospel. Yeah, I won a Pulitzer Prize, but what does it matter? What does it matter? It doesn't. And I think the greatest tragedy in life is we're gonna look back one day and say, I was successful in things that don't matter. I want you to be successful, but more than anything, I want you to be significant. And when you live for Jesus and you love people, I believe you're going to have a life of significance.
Well, Cash, I got to tell you, man, listening to that speech, it was tough. But you know what? It was a needed listen. It really was. And it puts a lot of things into perspective. And it's just crazy when you think about how young Tim Tebow was when he's giving these kinds of speeches that motivation can come from anywhere. Absolutely. Guys, let's go ahead and get into our announcements for this week. Governor Tate Reeves has been saying that he wants to be done with these, and he is just about there. With Executive Order 1551, he has opened up Mississippi. We have removed capacity limits for all arenas and outdoor venues, so there could be some new tickets coming out for that Travis Trick concert down in Corinth, Mississippi. But this is also going to affect everything that is happening in the DeSoto County area. You're right, Cash. And believe it or not, this is actually going to affect schools because now we can have everyone come to the high school graduations at the Lander Center towards the end of the month, which is pretty exciting. So I'm happy for these friends and family of these graduates to be able to see this monumental moment. And it's another step of getting back to normalcy. I couldn't agree with you more. Now, do you know what days these are going to be happening on so I avoid Church Road? Well, they all happen right there at the end of May. Gotcha. Now, for some of you who are graduating and think college might not be for you, why start off with a job when you can have a career? You're absolutely correct, Cash. There is opportunities galore at Michael Hatcher & Associates there in Olive Branch. They have several positions available. All of them are great paying jobs. If you are a high schooler that's looking to get a career started now, this is where you want to go. If you're a high schooler that's looking to make extra money to work towards college down one day, this is a great place to go. And you never know. It could be best of both worlds. You could go to school and build on what career you've already started at Michael Hatcher and Associates. This is what you want to do. Their entry-level jobs start somewhere around $14, $15, sometimes even over $20, depending on what the position is. This is where you want to get a start. Go check Check them out today. You can see them at HatcherLandscape.com, as well as you can call Gabby, the recruiting specialist, at 662-755-3207 to set up an interview today. We have a new update on the Bahalia Pipeline. Environmentalists sent a letter to state leaders claiming that the company behind the Bahalia Pipeline doesn't need to dig up more land because, well, believe it or not, they already have a pipeline connecting the Valero Refinery to Marshall County, Mississippi, and the pipeline is called Collierville Connection Pipeline. On Thursday, the Southern Environmental Law Center sent that letter with a map of the Collierville Pipeline to the Tennessee Department of Environment and Conservation. They urged leaders to revoke or suspend the permit for the Bahalia Pipeline. Hey man, I wish them luck. And hopefully that's the next to last update we have on this, with the last one being, it's finito. Guys, your next announcement is, as we've said several weeks before, DeSoto County is having its Household Hazardous Waste Day, which is scheduled for Saturday, May 15th from 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. at the Lander Center. What is Household Hazardous Waste, you ask? Well, hazardous household waste is any unused or leftover portions of products containing toxic chemicals. Any product which is labeled caution, poisonous, toxic, flammable, or corrosive should not be disposed with your regular household waste. Paint cans are a special point of distinction this year. Paint cans are considered hazardous waste when they contain paint. Who would have thought that? If the cans are empty or completely dry, they can be placed in the trash, however. How do you dry latex paint, you say? Well, mix it with some cat litter, sawdust, or sand, allowing it to dry out thoroughly in the sun. The paint can then can be thrown out with your regular trash as long as the lid is removed. If you're trying to get rid of e-waste, regular rubbish, or tires... You want to go to the DeSoto County Rubbish Facility, which is 5255 West Sandridge Road in Olive Branch, Monday through Friday, 7.30 a.m. to 4.30 p.m., as well as Saturday, 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. If you want to get rid of oil, you want to go to the oil disposal, 
which is located at the Eastern Maintenance Shop at 10947 Highway 178 in Olive Branch, and they are open Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. Now, guys, when you get done dumping all this trash and waste around your house and you find some areas of the home that needs to be cleaned, we want to recommend DeSoto Cleaning. Brian and his crew specialize in tile and grout and hardwood as well as steam cleaning carpet. They do everything from disaster restoration to clean up and rebuild. They have over 17 years of experience, and I implore you to go to Facebook and check them out. They have videos right now that show how their equipment drastically changes the entire environment they touch. It's 100% a local company that does a fantastic job for this area and also gives back. And speaking of that steam carpet cleaning, yes, you can go ahead and rent one of those rug doctors and everything, but you want to talk about hurting your back? It is not worth that pain. And you can get it done cheaper by mentioning OBPod and getting a 15% discount. Or if you are an educator, first responder, or military, you can receive a 20% discount. So save the pain and hassle and let them do it for you. So go to Facebook now and check out DeSoto Cleaning to contact Brian and his crew. Methodist of Olive Branch Hospital received an A Health rating from the LeapFrog Group. Now, the LeapFrog Group is a national nonprofit organization that is driving for the movement of giant leaps towards the quality and safety of American healthcare. This is a great accomplishment for the hospital as well as Olive Branch. Congratulations to them because it is amazing to live in a place that recognizes how important health is. It is truly wonderful to have great health care. So if you live in an area maybe outside of Olive Branch and want to get here, but maybe your house needs a little repair or you have a place that's not yours, it was bequeathed to you in a death, divorce, whatever, and you're looking to get to this area, then I suggest you check out iBuyDeSoto.com. It is ran by Abby and Spence Rodman of Rodman Properties. They buy and sell homes in the area for quality prices and do a great job of rehabbing homes to build the community around them. They are a wonderful local company. This is an opportunity you do not want to miss. Again, check them out at iBuyDeSoto.com. I know this isn't affecting many people, but drivers who use the Red Banks Road overpass at I-22 in DeSoto County will need to be aware that the Mississippi Department of Transportation, also known as MDOT, is closing the overpass bridge for repair next week. The temporary road closure will be from Monday, May the 3rd to Friday, May the 7th, according to a release from MDOT. You know, Cash, this is crap because they've already closed this bridge once to resurface it and redo it. Really? And because I live in this area and I use this bridge. And so this whole resurfacing thing, I don't see it because it's got a brand new top on it, which is all concrete and it is nice and smooth. So something else is at play here. I'm going to keep an open eye on this as we go by. Now the on and off ramps on both sides of this do work. You just cannot actually cross over the interstate, which is by the way, highway 78. And if you're not, if you get confused with the old 22 thing, again, I'll keep an eye on this for everybody. Appreciate it. Well, that wraps up our announcements, but we have a terrific show ahead. We have an interview with candidate Vanessa Caswell, who is running for Alderman at large. We also have an awesome sports segment with a special interview with Coach Jason Thompson of Olive Branch High School and some of his girls' players, as well as we have a local business spotlight. This is something we've been wanting to do for a while. As part of the reason we made this podcast was to help build the community by highlighting these businesses that do so much for the area. I think you're in for a real treat. This week's Fact of the Week brought to you by Rob Long of DeSoto County Museum, which is located in Hernando on Commerce Street across from the Area 51 ice cream shop. The name of this fact this week is called Voted On by His Peers. Here is a name to remember. Jefferson J. Evans from the Eudora area was the first and only African-American sheriff of DeSoto County. You ask, why is this interesting? Because he was elected by black and white citizens in 1873. 
during the Reconstruction period. This was only eight years after being a slave on Ari Doggett's plantation. Evans was freed from slavery in 1865 and held the highest elected official office in DeSoto County in 1873. Evans was an extremely popular man and his efforts as sheriff led to the formation of the Olive Branch Police Department after the Olive Branch became an official town in May 1st, 1874. What a fantastic story. You talk about breaking barriers in such a pivotal time of life. Impressive. Do you think you're paying too much for insurance or you're tired of not actually getting an agent when you call? I think it might be time to switch to the home team at Farm Bureau Insurance. Josh McIntyre is our local agent and supports our schools, our local businesses, community, and even takes care of all our insurance needs. That's home, life, and auto. Give him a call today, 662-893-5250, or visit him at his office at 6901 Cockrum Road, which is Highway 305. We are here with Vanessa Caswell, who is running for Alderman at Large. How are you doing this evening? I'm great. Thank you. No, well, thank you for coming on. We've been trying to get our schedules, but you have been so busy running around the city, doing everything <laughs> that you can, letting everyone know how important this is to you, but also for the city of Olive Branch. So it's fun to be able to sit down and finally be able to talk with you. Yeah, thank you. It's great to see somebody go out and promote themselves and the city of Olive Branch. Can you give us a little bit of your background for what gives you the drive to do this? Oh, yes. Let me tell you. I can all, it all started with my family. Uh, my dad as a military Navy guy. All his brothers were Navy men. My dad was very active in our community. I am from, actually, an Okie from Muskogee. That's not a, that's a song, but I'm really a native Oklahoman from Muskogee, Oklahoma. He was on many bank boards, uh, helped run a hospital, was on Muskogee uh, Economic Board. He was a trainer for OG&E, which is like Memphis Gas and Electric. He also was a professor. So when you see someone in your household doing a lot, helping the community, uh, he got his master's degree back in the 80s when we didn't have the internet so he was working the shift jobs and going to the library physically so my background is you know when you see a man like that in your household and my mother too of course great woman doing a lot in the community you just naturally pick that up I would say as a, as a child I didn't really realize that at the time but as you get older and you realize that you are assertive people say you're caring you don't wait for others to do things you don't even realize it's just your nature because of what you inherently picked up as a young person. No, and I mean, it's funny that you say it because I just remember growing up in my household and seeing my parents work as hard as they did. And as you said, you don't realize the characteristics that you're picking up from them and building along the way until you get older in your life and you're able to look back and be like, oh, that's why I do this. Or that's exactly. what was able to shake me exactly. to be able to do that. You remember as a child, too, how sometimes, let's just say begrudgingly, you're like, you're doing too much and you're so hard on me. Expectations are so high. Then when you get a young adult, you realize, you know what, I'm so thankful. Mm -hmm. And then you get older and older, you're really, really grateful. And then you end up passing that on to your family as well. So No, and especially when it comes to decision making, which is something that you end up having to do a lot more as an adult and not realize it. But being able to have those hard times, as you said, to look back True. upon. 
But it's nice that you have just one of those old-fashioned backgrounds that a lot of people <laughs> in Olive Branch like kind of crave and can relate to. That's great of... to hear because, you you know, sometimes when you get to the age of almost 50 years of age, some people think I'm younger than I am. Whoop, whoop, I'm glad <laughs> about that. But, you know, I have some people who I'm actually older than when they give me advice. And I'm like, I realize that, you know, I've been around. <laughs> so it's a compliment that you said old school, you know, so... Thanks for saying that. I can understand why people would say that you seem a lot younger because, as I said, your energy is off of the charts and being able to see you <laughs> pop up in different areas. Like, I still have a hard time going to five or six places and I see you putting up signs, letting everybody know, doing community work, and it's just fun to see and follow your social media. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and so what is some of the motivation you had that made you want to become an alderman out at large outside of seeing your mother work in the community? Great question. You watch things on the news in your environment and you have discussions with your family, friends, colleagues, co-workers, and you have these uh, discussions and you, you wish things were this way and you wish things were that way. And you're like, you know, after a while, when you see some of the, uh, the climate deteriorate in some areas, unfortunately. You're like, well, why don't we just use common sense? Why are facts things like they're not the truth? And if you say something that's not true enough, that becomes fact, you know, with social media and everything. I've always said, why don't people check the source and then validate <laughs> that source before you make that law, you know, in your opinion. And to answer your question, my motivation is, you know what, why not me? Because I've been told that as well. I'm a manager right now at a Fortune 500 company. I do lead a team of 18 people at a, a diesel engine company that's been in been in a business for over 100 years. And then when they tell you you're fair, you're blunt, but we know you have you put employee care first. Our KPIs, our uh, key performance metrics are off the chart. Your team, you're really good in leading teams. You're really good at compromising and hitting our numbers at budget consistently. And when you hear that a lot, you know, as someone like you should run after a while, you're like, you know what? Why not me? I think that just comes with age. Because you always wait for, well, sometimes you wait for others to do that, unless it's your own space. But who I've never, like, desired or, you know, wanted to be in the political arena. I just wanted to serve the community, and I realized the best people for the job are people like me, that that is their ultimate motive, not to be in front of the cameras or just do it for themselves. I'm doing it to help behind the scenes. That's really where I'm more comfortable with, but I know my intentions are good and pure. So why not me? So that's my motivation as well. That's very important and nice to hear because one of the things I love to live by is be the change that you want to see in the world. A mm -hmm. lot of people come with questions and F saying statements and mm -hmm. the important thing is to come with solutions we can all ask yes. the question but we need a solution yes and i'm glad you said that because in my team meetings i've had at this fortune 500 company i've always said if you're bringing up something that you're complaining about and you don't have a solution that's complaining to me mm -hmm. and it is okay to say look this is an issue i'm having I need to work together as a team because I don't have an answer. Now, that's different. That's the right approach to yeah. me. But if you're just saying everything that's wrong in the world or what's wrong with the company or what's wrong with whatever, even personally, what are you doing to change it? Who needs that energy today? I always say feed the positive and starve the negative, you know, so. Oh, I absolutely love that. And you might hear me saying that a few times in the future on the podcast, if you don't mind. 
Oh, sure, 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 sure. Of course. <laughs> well, thank you so much, and I love that you're able to work at such a big company and actually make those decisions. You know, it goes back to what we were talking about a little bit earlier, but making tough decisions and living with them. That is something that not a lot of people can say that they do anymore. How I want to pivot off of that is what kind of vision do you have for the city of Olive Branch? Oh, my vision is so, I, as you travel and you go to other places and experience, like I'm former military, mm-hmm. I have been to Korea, I've met different people there, I'm from Oklahoma, I've gone to the University of Tulsa, I've also graduated from Belhaven University, and you meet so many different people, you realize when you put all these bits and pieces together, especially when you see it, that we can actually do some things. It's really frustrating when people you know, they don't leave their little area. And I think there's no way. It's always been that this way. But the more open you are to the world, with the people you surround yourself with and the places you go, you realize in time, yes, it can be done if you plan and you're consistent and you believe so. So my vision is I'm really big about beautification. Mm-hmm. I, think when we, I think we all love living in Olive Branch, but you want a sense of pride when someone comes and visits you. And how great your city is. You don't always want to have to go to Midtown or downtown Memphis or Germantown or Collierville. No, we could be the elite of Mississippi, North Mississippi in my eyes. So nice roads. Why not have flowers and trees and that sort of thing? I know that sounds really simplistic, but let's just think about this. With education, I know that some schools are funded in different ways. You can always tell the have from have nots. But the kids don't know that. So let's just say you go to a school in a um, lower income school and you go in there and you could drastically see the difference. I went to a school some years ago and it was homecoming, not even at their school. They didn't have cheerleading uniforms. <laughs> they didn't have pom poms. I'm like, this is homecoming. Oh, my I, goodness. This, that's how I realized how fortunate I was to live where I lived in the suburbs growing up. My father and my parents worked very hard and I just expected a certain thing and I realized that that's not always a given. And the same thing when you go to some of these private schools, they're like many universities when you're like, wow. (laughs) My vision is to have schools look that way, our um, city look that way, just small things. I know that doesn't seem like that matters, but for our young people, it matters. For older people, us, we work and we're paying taxes. Mm-hmm. Why not live somewhere where it's aesthetically pleasing? That's one of my visions. Education is important. I know you hear that a lot. I think there's an opportunity for improvement for enrichment programs for youth after work. I know we've talked about having youth centers, and I know there has to be a way to do that. Now, I know the people in office now probably want to. I think long-term, there has to be a way to plan and budget that, especially with the additional monies we're going to be given, to do those sort of things to me. That's the vision I have. I don't want to see one pothole. Uh, my sister lives in the Arizona, the Phoenix area, mm-hmm. Tempe and Chandler, and it's 100 times larger than DeSoto County. And there wasn't one pothole. There's That's not so. a piece of trash anywhere. So if they can do something like that, I know we can do that in all the brands. So right. that's a vision for me to start. But sometimes that sounds small, but if it, if it was easy to do, we would have done it already. So that's something I'm passionate about. No, you're absolutely right. And that sounds like an absolute dream. Sometimes the small things are exactly what matters. I remember in college playing offensive line every single day, we hammered the fundamentals. And by fundamentals, I mean just mm-hmm. taking 
your first three steps. That was the first 10 minutes of every practice, and you wanted to bash your head against a wall doing it over and over again. But it's the small things that add up, and they are what matters. And you say beautification. No, that is a huge thing to me. I remember driving all over Olive Branch and just seeing trees, big old pines, oak, whatever. You saw something different than whenever you were in Midtown or when you were downtown. And we almost don't even necessarily have that anymore. And just seeing flowers when you're driving, there's a reason why grocery stores and supermarkets put those as soon as you walk in. Because That's right. It's a nice little touch, and it makes you feel like you're at home. And so I would love to have all of that make a comeback here in the area. With annexation happening and the possibility of an influx of money, Olive Branch is in dire need of, I feel like, is almost a nightlife. And that almost feels like the kind Mm -hmm. of perfect area that we could infuse something like that. Absolutely agree with you. So that is my vision and dream. It would just be lovely to drive 10 minutes, you know, and be back home by 10 p.m. and had a good time. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, my age is showing, but No, that sounds like a wonderful night, especially getting home by 10 p.m. because unfortunately a lot of the times you're not able to leave downtown until 10 p.m. And that is a long drive back. I don't care what anyone says. And true. And even during the day for our young kids, too, you know, lunch for your kids where they have a place to play other than going to Chick-fil-A, which is great. Mm-hmm. You know, a place for kids, you know, like an ice cream. I think we've got some new business. I know some other ice cream popsicle places are coming, but you get my point. Yes, you know, the ma'am. things you see on the Lifetime movie show sometimes, we can do that in DeSoto. It really can <laughs> be outside looking in. Now, you know, everything else is different inside, but. You get my point. And now we touched on annexation a little bit right there, but how do you feel about the potential, I think, 18.8 miles that Olive Branch is going to be getting? Mm-hmm. Is it something that you think that we're going to be able to build off of and use in a positive manner? Well, right now we don't have a choice. You know, so to me, once the decision is made, it seems like it's going to stand. Why bigger about what's in the past? Let's move on and make the most of it. So absolutely, it's going to be a positive thing. If I'm elected, there's no other way for it not to be. Because if people are paying taxes, we want them to see immediately why they're doing so. You can definitely tell you work at a Fortune 500 company with that answer. (laughs) It's like, this is what we've been given, and we are going to make the best out of it. And I absolutely love just the assertiveness of that. It's, hey— this is what this is the hand we've been dealt. We can't change that, but what we can do is make sure that's the best hand that can be played. Yes, which includes hearing the people. I have read some things where some people felt that they weren't asked if they wanted to be, you know, annexed or not. Yeah. I'm not going to get into that because you know I can see both sides of that. But I do think it is imperative when we do make these changes that we, when we can, we make sure we do get feedback in the proper appropriate ways when we can. And get input and make sure we help as many people and get as many different perspectives as possible to help as many people as possible with this new money. Yes, ma'am. I couldn't agree more. And unfortunately for those people that felt like they deserve to be asked, that's just not how Mississippi works. You know, that that's not yeah. uh, anything we can do about that. I feel like that falls more on the state of Mississippi and how transparent they are with their laws and how some of this works. Yes. I've learned that just by this being my first campaign. There's lots of things I wasn't aware of. Just where you put your yard signs, a lot of that is who do you know? Mm-hmm. You know, I just assumed as long as it wasn't obstructing drivers or et cetera, and it was, it was aesthetically pleasing, 
I didn't think that was really a big deal, but it really is. You have to, it has, there's certain rules, which I agree with, but a lot of it is also who do you know and who owns that property yep. in order to do that. So that's something I would have never thought would even be an issue. Well, and that it's just trying a- to learn about it and how readily available that information is. Exactly. Exactly. And so to continue speaking on transparency a little bit, how do you feel about the possibility of making these aldermen meetings more accessible to the citizens? I feel that that is needed because, you know, I want to know. I did not even realize that the person that I'm running is has been in there 30 years or more. And I figured if someone's been there 30 years, I should know his name like I know the mayor's name. You know, So I think if we did have more transparency, as regular citizens are just going on, living our lives, working, take care of our family, keep, you know, making sure our kids are safe, you know, and clean and, you know, that sort of thing that you know what's going on. I don't think you should always have to be in the know or in the club to get this information. Anyone who just recently moved to Olive Branch within the first month or two should get something where they know this is something we do and that's readily available, especially on the uh, city site. I couldn't agree with you more. And, hey, that is one of the reasons why we actually started this podcast. Yes. I love this podcast because <laughs> you're thinking progressively. And I know sometimes the people think progressive is a bad word. It is not. It just means forward thinking. How do we efficiently and accurately and authentically let people know what's going on? It's just so nice to know all the wonderful things going on. You're like, oh, I didn't know that. And learning new people and different perspectives because of podcasts like yours. So thank you for doing Well, no, thank you so much for getting on and joining us. Is there any way that the people can reach you and ask you a little bit more about your candidacy? Oh, yes. Several ways. I have a website. It's www.votethecaswell.com. They can contact me by phone at area code 662. And you do have to use area code 662. <laughs> that just started a few weeks ago. Yes, uh, ma'am. 2721. <laughs> Uh, 662-400-2721. I have two email addresses, Vanessa Caswell and the number four, alderman at gmail.com and Vanessa at votethecaswell.com. Or you can write me at P.O. Box 556 in Olive Branch, zip code 38654. And I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All righty. Well, we will make sure to put all of those handles and ways to contact you in our show notes. But I can't thank you enough for coming on. And then I believe y'all are having a meetup in the coming days. There's a forum for all candidates, Republican and Democrat, at the Cumberland Presbyterian Church on May 6th at 6 p.m. where you'll see everyone, which I'm really excited about. They're hosting and it is outdoors, weather permitting. If it does move inside, it will be, they will follow the social distancing uh, guidelines. So I'm excited about that. And I will have two additional visibility events at Olive Branch Park on Saturday, May 8th and Saturday, May 15th. And I, I think other things are coming up as people get more excited about the campaign. Thank you so much. Awesome. And we will make sure to put those dates in there as well. Please, everyone, go to that May 6th event. Meet your candidates. Get to know them. See them out in the community so you know who you are voting for. Well, we can't thank you enough, and thank you for coming on. I hope you have a lovely evening. Thank you so much for the invite and the opportunity to to speak to your listeners. I greatly appreciate it. And we appreciate you. Have a great night. Thank you. You too. (laughs) 
Is planning your summer getaway becoming too much of a hassle? Then reach out to Sue Ellen and Ann Christopher of Magical Destinations. Whether it's a trip to Disney World, Universal Studios, or a tropical getaway, these ladies can help you plan the trip of your dreams. They work to get the best rates with headache-free planning. Magical Destination is locally owned in Hernando, so give them a call today at 662-469-6304, or you can find them on Facebook or Instagram at Magical Destinations Unlimited. I know it's been a while, but do you remember hearing this? How could anyone forget this? And lastly, of course, this one. Did that give you some goosebumps like it did me? Let me tell you what it really did. It brought back a lot of good memories. If you haven't figured it out by now, Malco Theaters of Olive Branch is going to be our local business spotlight. And we're excited that this is our first one because movies are something we are extremely passionate about. Cash, I couldn't agree more. The movie theater is kind of a staple of Olive Branch and it's something that has been greatly missed. And for us to be able to go on site and meet with two of the head honchos and discuss the theater, what's going on now and how things have been for the last year, it was really kind of an eye-opening experience as well as very enticing for what it comes to the future. And I can't wait for y'all to hear this. Guys, we're here on location at Olive Branch Malco Movie Theater, and I'm sitting with Andy and Brandy. Andy, what do you do for Malco? I'm the district manager for Mississippi. I'm the general manager for Malco Olive Branch. You know, it's just great to be here on site, you know, because it's been a long year. And so what has it been like for you, Andy, here, considering everything? Well, at this point, it's just great to be back up. We want people to come out and have a good time. The movie theaters is something we've been extremely passionate about, and it is so much fun to be back. And Brandy, I know you've had a hard time with this. Yes, and it was a very difficult year. I had to furlough people multiple times, but I was able to retain most of my staff because they really love their job and they love working in our community and they love the movies. During the pandemic. It's so. never easy to hear people lose their job. It's, it's always tough to hear that a business that supports the community as strongly as y'all have in the past has to close doors. You know, it was something that was completely unforeseeable and that I don't think anybody was prepared for. Mm-hmm. But Cash and I went to the movies, you know, a couple of weeks with you guys. You know, we, we reviewed Godzilla versus Kong, which was a fantastic fantastic movie and it was a fantastic experience and one of the things I fell in love with was the app that y'all use where you just can buy everything up front and it's preferred seating when did this come about Andy? Uh, it came right about pretty recently you know you can go on the app or go to malgo.com and you can actually pick your seat and that way you can separate with you and your family and everything else and go from there. Yeah, one of the great bonuses about buying your tickets online is you can skip the box office you can skip the kiosk you go straight to the front door and you, we scan your phone. It's completely contactless. You don't have to keep up with tickets, and we don't have to touch any of your stuff. 
Now, I've always known that the movie theater is an extremely clean place, and people can laugh and giggle all they want, but what is some of the cleaning that y'all do here, considering the pandemic? If there's somebody who's just maybe a touch worried about that still, what is it y'all offer here? We've always been a very clean environment, but we've upgraded our air filtration, and we are disinfecting all of our high-contact areas. We're disinfecting the handrails and the doorknobs and things that get touched often. I heard you mention the app as we were talking about the preferred seating. Is there a loyalty program tied into that that we can get involved with? Yeah, we started the Malco Marquee Rewards Program, and you can sign up online at malco.com or on the app. And basically, for every dollar you spend, you get 100 points, which you can redeem for items that are in-house restaurant or possible movie tickets. So, Andy, you were talking about an in-house restaurant. Now, I know one of my favorite things to do is dinner and a movie as a date night. You know, you already have the babysitter, but then you got to go to a nice, expensive restaurant. Then you come to the theater, and you feel like you spent a fortune. Are you telling me I can get all of that experience right here at the theater? Absolutely. We've realized that we wanted to try to combine that experience for everyone. You know, they can come and get a typical meal that they would get at a restaurant at a lot of places and kind of watch a show at that same time. Brandy, what are some of the specialty items y'all have? People really love our barbecue nachos and our hamburgers with french fries. Everything we cook, we make it to order. So when you order, we don't drop anything into the grease or put it on the grill until that ticket comes to the kitchen. So you're not getting food that's just been sitting around. You're getting a fresh hot meal whenever you order. See, that means a lot to me as a person who can't stand the idea of concession stand food, Mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, anything out of a bag, you know, pre-ordered, heated in a microwave. That's a nightmare to me. That's not that's not enjoyable cuisine. You want to make it where you go and you get a fresh cooked meal that you're going to enjoy. And not only that, you get to sit there in the theater and eat it. Is that correct? That is correct. And so with that meal, are y'all doing anything different for the adults? We actually do have a full-service bar, and I'm proud to boast that my two main bartenders are actually certified mixologists. They took the time off during their furlough to um, get this extra training so that they can serve people better. And I think it's really paid off. They're doing a great job. Do you all have any specialty drinks that you do here? We do. We have uh, Ted, in particular, runs daily specials when he's at the bar. So it varies, really. And then on top of that, Malco has specials. We have Fireball Friday. Mm-hmm. We can get Fireball shots for $5. Then we have um, whiskey specials on Saturday, just different weekly specials. So if I want to come to the theater and I want to have a private party, a birthday, a social gathering with me and my friends like that, do y'all still offer the ability to rent a room out privately, like a party room or even a theater itself? Yeah, we have our Malco Select program, actually. You can rent out an auditorium basically just for you and up to 20 of your friends or family. That way, if you're still a little hesitant about coming out, be be with the public and everything else, you can come on your own at that point or use it as a birthday party. So if somebody wanted to know what that would cost if they were budgeting for a party or gathering, what are we looking at? It ranges from $1 to $200, basically, depending on the, the movie you selected. That. Andy and Brandy, thank you so much for y'all's time. It's uh, It's been great coming back to the theater, getting to chat with you guys. We appreciate you having us, and we appreciate you know the community. We want to be involved in the community for the future and go from there. So um, thank you. Yes, thank you. We definitely appreciate the support, and it's been nice seeing our regulars again, and we hope to get more traffic as movies come out the rest of the summer. Man, what a great interview. You know, Cash, when we were there on site at the Malco, just listening to all that vibration and that sound and that smell of popcorn just gets the juices flowing, man. You know, just what a great place to be. No, it was so much fun getting goosebumps because there's action scenes going on all around you and the room is shaking. You really can't beat it. And then, as you said, what beats the smell of popcorn? I can't think of anything. It's oh, so tantalizing. I mean, the reality of it is, guys, is that during this pandemic and for the last year or so, you've had to resort to your home television. 
home television does not compete when it comes to the screen at a movie theater. It's mm-hmm. nice. It could be 60 inches, but it's not eye to eye and your peripheral vision gone. Correct. And not only that, your audio system might be fantastic, but we all know when your chair vibrates and you're immersed in the sound of Dolby Digital and everything else, nothing compares. So this is the opportunity to get back into the theater. This is where you need to be to bring back those memories, to have those thoughts of, of normalcy again. The theater is a place to be. Exactly. And where else can you go that you forget you have a cell phone for two hours? I mean, I leave that Joker in the car and don't even worry about it. There is so much going on at the theater now in comparison to when it used to be when I used to go as a regular. This is the place to be in Olive Branch when you want to have a date night or do something special with some friends. And as she was talking about all summer long, we're going to have movies. Next week, we even have Wrath of Man, Jason Satham. Like he's going to be the transporter again. I cannot wait. And then at the end of the month where sound is a character as funny enough as that is to hear, the Quiet Place 2 is going to be fantastic to see in theater. Guys, go ahead and make plans now. Get your friends, your family, whoever you go to the movies with, or if you're a person who likes to go solo, download the app, pick your seats, make a date, whatever it is, and go and support one of our awesome local businesses, the Malco Olive Branch Movie Theater. Are you tired of an unimpressive lawn or need some help from a local professional to get your yard the way you want it? Look no further than Master Lawn for your weed control and fertilizing needs. Master Lawn has been serving the Olive Branch community and surrounding areas for over 25 years and is ready to add you to their long list of satisfied customers. Contact them today for a free quote through their website, www.masterlawninc.com or call 901-250-0873. We want to start sports off this week with a special interview from Olive Branch High School, and we're going to go to that interview now. Guys and gals, I'm pretty excited. I have an amazing guest with me today. I'm here on location in Olive Branch High School talking to Coach Jason Thompson. Coach, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, man. A good day. Beautiful day. I heard that. Well, you say beautiful day. It's kind of rainy out there. But anyway, uh, I like that you have a positive outlook. But anyway, well, I help my dad with landscaping, so it's a beautiful day. I get a break. <laughs> <laughs> Amen to that. So, Coach, I, I, I had to get to you and talk to you. Congratulations on the other day. I saw the Board of Aldermen decide to make a keister day with Mayor Scott Phillips. Thank Congratulations, you so girls for the state championship that's a huge accomplishment and I think it's well deserved thank you thank Um, you I appreciate that yes and so I want to tell you coach that I had to come talk to you I felt like the girls here are just a step above you know I'm a Southern Hill guy and I love my girls team over there and uh, but your program is what I would consider perennial right now you know every year it's not a situation of are they going to be good or not it's whether or not how good they're going to be in comparison to the previous team is how I like to look at it would you agree with that uh, yeah, that's a great accolade and, and uh, you know, assessment of, of your perspective. And I'll just say that, you know, it doesn't go without the kids really understanding that, number one, and accepting that themselves because, you know, they know that every time we, we suit up, we have a target on our back, just like we try to place one on the opponent's back. So it's one of those things where it's well understood. It's uh, it's pretty much already digested and, and put into the mindset that, you know, that's what it is, and, and uh, we're okay with that. Now, Coach, before we get really into the meat of things, I always like for your people to introduce you know, themselves, a little history about themselves. So uh-huh. can you give the, the listener a uh, background? Were you a player? How did you get into coaching? Anything like that? Absolutely. Well, my name is Jason Thompson. I've been in the profession now for 20 years. I started out at H.W. Barley as a player. 
And then I started out as HW Buyers. I actually Hickory Flat one year. And then as a volunteer at Hickory Flat, I moved to actually coaching and uh, getting into the profession at Buyers. And so when I started out at Buyers, I ended up being a decent player and doing fairly well for myself. I uh, got to Mississippi Valley and I was there for four years, but only played that sophomore year. And then just kept on having a bunch of series of injuries that I just really had to sit down and make an assessment to say, you know what? Uh, my mom, she told me, son, I know that you really love the game. There's no if and a bust about it. You don't have to prove that to anybody. Your body of work has already proven that for you. Said, but I really want you to understand, you know, this injury led to that injury. That injury led to this one. And so I had like four or five, uh, really, really unfortunate and bad ones, like a fractured skull, uh, bruised ribs. Uh, cracked sternum and all of that back to back to back. Dislocated wow. shoulder, elbow. So she was like, son, I know that you love the game, but can you please come up with something else so that I feel a lot better about things because I'm tired of seeing you in the hospital and having to always regroup and come back. So when you started coaching at H.W. Byers, what kind of success did you have there? Uh, we were pretty successful. Uh, it started out a little rocky and rough, uh, I guess like any other deal in profession. Uh, you know, the school had... Uh, really done well for themselves in the boys attribute, but the girls program, uh, wasn't having too much success and wasn't even, uh, really getting respected or, or looked at in that, that, that same eye lens. So one of the things that I really wanted to work hard and, and change was the perspective and, and, the, and the mindset and the attitudes of people looking at the girls program, uh, as, as something more than, you know, what it was. And so I just thought that those kids, uh, on the female side was just as uh, hardworking and deserving as the boys. And eventually the uh, young ladies caught on and figured out that we actually can. And they started to, you know, kind of put their own stamp on things. Now, Coach, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Um, I know for a fact you have won not one, not two, not five, not seven, but somewhere in the upwards of nine to ten state championships. Is that correct? That's correct. So by my numbers, in which Cash is my numbers guy, I'm going to be honest with you, my co-host like that, that puts you on par as tied or the top basketball coach in state history. And so how do you feel about that? Uh feels remarkable, man. You know, of course, right now in the midst of it, still being a coach, an active coach, uh, you know, you, you, you take it in and you, you really know that it's something good, but you still locked in on like me. I can't lie. I'm already locked in on next year. So even though I'm still uh, excited and, and uh, glad about what happened this year, I've already vested my attention to go toward next year. And I just figured at some point, uh, like the ones that I've kind of inspired and admired, uh, which was Pat Summit, Geno Ariema, uh, Tennessee and UConn programs, it was like I seen what they did. I seen how they acted and how they operated. And that was the mantra for Gino. He was like, look, we win the national championship. Two days later, we back in the gym working on the next year. And so I just kind of really took that and just tried to mold it into my mindset once we start to have that kind of, uh, you know, remnants of success. And so one of the things that I wanted to do is just continuously try to uh, win the next year. And then at the end of it, look back over it and, you know, maybe admire it or look at it and, and just kind of see what all had been done. So uh, right now at the moment, I am very excited and, and ecstatic about it. 
but I've already kind of moved on to looking at next year. Coach with success also means you gain critics. And like any coach who's successful, there are people out there who are naysayers or are going to name call or whatever you want to call it. You know, it's just what it comes, it comes with success. It's a fact. So I will tell you this. As a person who knows a lot of coaches in the area, loves basketball, loves football, all that kind of stuff like that, you have one reputation that I've got to ask a question about. Okay. And that is, is the reputation of not knowing when to take the dogs off. Okay, now so what that means to the listener is is that if you're beating an opponent by 20, 30 points and the game's maybe kind of winding up, a lot of coaches will sub people in or change things or they'll lay off a certain type of offense or defense that's been ex- extremely successful and, the, you know, it slows the score down, the clock moves faster, and the game wraps up. It's already in the bag, you know what right. I mean? As the old farmer says, the hay's in the barn. Correct. And in your situation, a lot of people say you have a reputation of it is no holds bar from the first whistle to the last whistle. So explain that. I'll be glad to. And, uh, you know, I was just actually talking to one of the people that I blame for this uh, probably about a week or so ago. Uh, it was a coach by the name of Kevin Harris that was at Potts Camp. He had left from East Union. And uh, I met him uh, when I first started coaching at Hickory Flat. He was at East Union. And then when I got to Byers, he eventually came to Potts Camp, and we started our Marshall County rivalry. Well, it was him and then another fellow by the name of Jesse Terry that is like a great mentor of mine and someone that I really admired, inspired to be, and, and mimic and, and copy some of the things because he really was knowledgeable about the game. Well, to get to the point where how those two names and how what I did and how I operate right now uh, comes into play, I'm in my first year, and I play against those gentlemen. And unfortunately for me, because I was a little young rookie coach that, you know, was was trying to figure my way and find my way, I was up 20 on Ashland, which was a district game and a rivalry game against Coach Terry. And I ended up subbing my kids out in that start of the fourth quarter because I was thinking, oh, yeah, the haze in the barn, the game is over. You know, my kid got the better of them. They came back and won that game, and I couldn't put my starters back in and get them back going because they had already lost they 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 stride and all of the things that they had going for them. Uh, they couldn't make a shot. Things didn't go well. Well, a week later, we playing against Pascal. We up 19 in the fourth quarter. Pascal came back and beat us. So I lost two games in my first year that I really, really hold myself fully accountable for because I was like, if I hadn't taken my foot off the gas, I don't lose those games because my kids had worked hard enough to develop those leads. Then we probably could have sustained them if I had left them in. So that just kind of changed the course of my mindset and my thinking. I just vowed to never let that happen again because I don't know how many other coaches have experienced such, but I wouldn't wish it on anyone. And so it just totally took a toll on me because I'm a competitive person and I'm one that hates losing more than I love winning. So when those two games, they always come to my mind. I always have a bit of pill and taste in my mouth. Okay, so that's part of it. The other part is, as a coach, you want to develop your kids to have a specific and a holistic mindset. So, like, when I'm practicing my kids, it is totally unfair that if I put a kid in a game that's, quote, unquote, not better than or not as equal to as a starter, and I put that young lady in the game, if I don't have high expectations for her, then what kind of sign and role am I really asking her to play and do when I put her in the game and I just put my feet up because we're up 20 or 30? She's going to go out there and not play the game like it's supposed to be played, and I don't I don't appreciate that. I think that that takes away from the, the whole taste of the game. I think the kids should always play their hardest and do their best. So if I'm – 
insisting that they do that and I drill them and work them and practice that that uh, is the is the mindset and that's the that's the standard. Then how can I uh, hold them to that standard if I'm allowing them to just do anything they want to do just because we quote unquote up by a large margin? So I've, I've, I've always put that into perspective and then to conclude it, even though a lot of people may not know it, and I'm glad they don't. I have took beating after beating after beating, especially my first couple of years at Byers, and no one took it easy on me. Matter of fact, the older coaches that were doing that to me and the coaches that was my peers at the time, they told me, they said, uh, son, you got two ways you can do this. Say, uh, you can take it as initiation and just look at the fact that, hey, welcome to this profession. It ain't easy and it ain't something that, you know, uh, you should take light of. And number two, and more importantly, uh, if, if you don't have your kids to, to believe that, you know, when you competing and playing hard, that they compete from start to finish, then you're not giving those kids, uh, just do in, in the right proper perspective. So I thought about that. And I said, well, that does make sense, even though I'm taking these beatings, cause we were going to be 40, 50, 60. And I mean, it was, it was, it was some, some, some real beatings that I took, but I took it in stride. I took it on the chin, and I just said at some point, I'll be able to get some of my licks back, whether it's against that person or what. Then, you know, it is what it is. I just tell the people that, that feel bad about what we're doing to them, I've been in your shoes before, so now it's your turn to figure out how to put my shoes on. I understand. All right. Coach, I, I thank you for that explanation. That I appreciate it. Correct. Coach, I want to segue into the girls. The The program here has produced one after another, after another, after another, a college signee, championship quality players that go on that are very successful and I think that's a testament to your coaching and the program you have here but let's talk about the girls this past year I know you had a stellar team uh you know introduce you for your starters you had this year Amaya Black who's a senior that's going to Jones Junior College uh I have Brene Eason that was a senior that's going to Mississippi Delta Junior College and then I have Trinity Players, which is a junior. I have Raymond Piggies, which is a junior. And then I have Addison Howe, which is a junior. So I have three juniors that will be seniors in the upcoming season and two seniors that are graduating going on to better themselves in college. That is phenomenal. And I'm, to my understanding, the three juniors are already being looked at heavily by several universities and schools locally. Is that Absolutely. Correct? That is a fact. Well, correct. So to me, I think the number one job as, your, as a coach is to better your kids for a better future. Absolutely. And so I think what you're doing there is obvious. It's proof in the pudding here. The girls this year did a phenomenal job scoring during the game, the defensive stats. You had one loss this entire year. Uh You went to state championship, won, uh, did a phenomenal job. Uh, But I want to get into something that we touched on a couple weeks ago that bothered me, Uh bothered my co-host, bothered my other podcast, bothered a lot of people in the community. That When we look at the Mississippi-Alabama game and we notice your local sports areas come up with their top players and stuff, is that some, it seems like some of them are getting left out. I, I understand politics are in things and people have their opinions and so on, but I've noticed like it's been a few years since you were even in the Mississippi Isle game. And so if a guy who wins state championship as many times as you have, is there a reason? Are, are you stepping away from it or, you know, is it a selection process? Uh, well, actually, that's a great question. And uh, it's one of those things that has a lot of gray areas. And, and it's one that I don't think you can just pinpoint one particular or specific to kind of identify the reason why. But I will say that, uh, you know, with 
the body of work that the girls have been able to accumulate over the course of the past couple of years, and especially with on the big stage, in the big games, uh, throughout the whole course of a season. So it's not just one or two games or one or two lucky here and there that you might chalk it up as. I think that when you start to do it in its totality, that the girls do sometimes, I feel like, you know, because every coach wants their kid to get looked at, get recruited, and get their just due, especially if it's deserving. And I definitely will go to bat for my kids and believe that they deserve to have those accolades and that recognition, but unfortunately hadn't come. Instead of me looking at the glass uh, half empty, I decided to try to find a way to look at the glass half full. So one of the things that I always talk to my young ladies about is when things don't go your way or when things are not compile in which the way you think that you've earned that just do, then just look at it as a slight, but also put it as a chip on your shoulder to try to continuously drive you. So I think it's actually been a great driving force for us to have the success that we've had as a team that the players have bought into the fact that, well, you're not going to look at me as an individual. Then now, how about looking at my team then, since my team is consistently performing on this level, doing those things? That's a great way to use that, Coach. That's an awesome motivation. And here's the thing. I tell people all the time, as like, you know, Center Hill High School boys won state championship versus all the branch. Right. And it was an amazing cross-town yes, rivalry. Yes, yes. A lot of heated situations like that. Both schools benefited from yes. that rivalry, and both were showcased in, you know, at the Jackson Coliseum. Absolutely. You know, and when it all came said and done, all the branch had kids that went on to major Division One programs, as yes. they're told, and we did not, and we were, you know, our kids, it's easy for a kid to come in there and go, well, why didn't I get looked at like that way, or this right. and so on. Coach Mueller came up with something, and I think it's something universal, is is that it shows you that the team won the game, individuals didn't. Yes. And like that, and the team is what is important, of yes. what's the best of the player. Yes. You know, and so, yes. I, I, to me, I was like that. That woke me up as a as a coach myself, and, and and of course he always has the end up and goes, and you can always walk around with your ring afterwards. Absolutely, you know what I mean. And so to me, that's a great little shining point. And so I think yes. it's a great thing to mention. I think it's tough that some people down south, uh, where a lot of these opinions are, have chosen different girls for different opinions. But like you just said, I do think it does highlight your team as a collective winning program. There's a lot of schools out there that have one amazing player uh-huh. that takes them to the state championship, right. and then you don't hear from that school again for a few years until Correct. another great player comes in. Correct. And versus a coach who's won multiple state championships with a variety of players. Right. And yes, don't get me wrong. We, we, we've had Miss Taylor a couple of years back, and she was a special yes. one, and everything and else. Miss Beaufort last exactly, year, and exactly. a couple of years after that. Uh-huh. And so you know, you can say, yeah, you had a very special player, but when you look at all the stats, all the information like that, is a collective win. Correct. And so, to me, even though some of the girls might not have got selected for spots, they obviously, in my opinion, and I think a lot of people in the area thought they should have been selected, I think the accolade of winning state together in this program is something more beneficial for them for the long term of their life than anything else. Absolutely. Coach, I can't thank you enough for your time today. Uh, getting to hear you know, some of your profession, some of your philosophy, how you look at the game. And I, hopefully it opens the eyes of some of the competitors right. and maybe even influences them in a way of their coaching to see that you know, what you're doing isn't wrong. Right. You know what I mean? You might not agree with it. Correct. But it isn't wrong. It's showing success, and the girls love it. The program is successful, and people are prospering it in a positive way, and that's what matters. Absolutely. I agree, and I appreciate your time, and I definitely have enjoyed this podcast. And I think that, you know, to any young coach that's listening, uh, the same thing that the older coaches told me, uh, there's always two ways to do things. You can uh, keep working hard and fix it, or you can just uh, keep accepting it and complaining about it.
Yes, sir. Again, Coach, thanks for your time. Thank you so much. Guys, I'm sitting here in the office of Coach Thompson, and now I've got four of his amazing players sitting in front of me. I'm going to get you all to introduce yourselves one at a time. Go ahead. Uh, Rama Piggies, number 32, um, and junior. I'm Amaya Black. I'm a senior, and I'm number 23. I'm D.H. Jeffries. I'm a junior, and I'm number zero. I'm Trinity Pless. I'm point guard, and I'm number 12. What does it feel like to know that you have won state championship three times in a row and are already projected to win the fourth? It feels really, really well. And the, I guess the first two kind of caught me by surprise, and then I guess the third one was kind of like, I guess, expected. It was great because we had a lot of people down us because we lost some good people, and it pushed us to go harder. The next thing I want to know is what is it like to play under Coach Jason Thompson? Your first time, I guess I have to say, my first time playing under him uh, it was really, really hard because he like he would run the taste out your mouth. Now you get used to it. It's it's really easy now. We are a ooh, track team for real. We run around the school, we run the bleachers, we run the hills. It's just a lot. But he's a real sweet person. I love him to death, and he's a great coach. Very strong personality to get used to Coach T. He likes to get into you and push you to your best abilities at all times. Soups be too big. Yeah. That's about it. They be clean, though. They be clean. He be nice now. He, be nice. he, he got big pants to fit all the rings. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. yeah. All right. Do y'all feel like y'all are a family when it comes to playing for Coach T? Does it feel like he is a an extra parental figure that sees more in you than just being the average basketball coach? Yeah, we are family, most definitely. That's why we say family on three. He calls each other our sister's keepers, and that's what we try to do and continue to do and lead on to the under underclassmen. It helps us on the court as well. We're very close. He's real uh, big on the sisterhood so we do things outside of school and we're like really close we tell each other everything and he's real big on that and it helps on the court as well on top of that just the sisterhood is what makes us who we are and it's the reason what like behind like why we are so good because the chemistry it's not like a fake chemistry it's real and it's very very close and it can't be torn apart well i say yeah because the that is a huge part of why we've been winning the championships and why we're a three-peat now I know earlier y'all mentioned that you already see yourself winning a fourth one, but what continues to drive you as a player when you've won three in a row seeking your fourth one? Well, what has driven us for the past three years is the doubt, that we feed off of the doubters, and I mean the haters, because like we always get told, or we get ranked really, really low, and then it's, I guess it takes us to be a really, really good team in order for us to be like, I guess for them to really notice that our potential is better than what it is because we get a lot of people that say we don't play tough competition in Mississippi or that we're not really that good in person, but when you step in between the four lines, it's a different story. My motivation was to give Coach T everything that was taken from him, all the drama and all the things that were said about him that really was pushed me because a lot of things that were said he did not deserve. So if you are a 7th or 8th grader about to come into the high school what do you tell that player to get ready for when it comes to Coach T? This message right here is for my eighth grade sister, Brianna Black. Be prepared to run. And this to all the middle schoolers, but especially Bree. Bring your track shoes, your heel shoes, your bleacher shoes, your suicide shoes, your 22 shoes, <laughs> your nine-second shoes. No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Just be prepared for he tells you what's right. But he's going to say it how he mean it. And he don't mean no harm by it, but he's going to tell you straight up how he feel and what he feel like you need to work on.
So you're telling me he's going to call it like it is and he's not going to sugarcoat it? Is that what you're trying to say? Be be able to accept constructive criticism. Yeah. Everything about Coach T is very constructive. I had low confidence. Like pretty much all the ninth graders coming in, we had low confidence because we pushed in middle school to win district. But then it was like we got to high school and we saw the bigger picture and he made us buy into the dream, but we didn't have as much confidence. Now you see us building confidence while at the same time working hard because behind the scenes it's a different story for what we translate when we get out there on the court. Just don't be scared, you know. I came up here and was terrified of Coach T, but once I got comfortable with him and accepted him for who he was, I got out there this year and I played my butt off, and it's all because of Coach T and what he prepared me for this year. That's awesome. Girls, I want to tell y'all, I really, really appreciate your time. It's uh, you've, you've said some amazing things about your coach. You've said some amazing things about your teammates, the program. And I want you to know from OB Pod that we wish y'all luck in the offseason as well as next fall. Again, thank y'all so much for your time. I really, really appreciate y'all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well done, Zach. That was a lot of fun. And I didn't realize how accomplished Coach Thompson really was. Yes, I mean, he is well on track to becoming the winningest head coach in Mississippi history, uh, and I wish him all the luck. I do as well, but I don't think he needs luck with as much as he prepares his teams. Yes, they, uh, listening to those girls talk, it was an eye-opening experience, and I hope there's young coaches out there who maybe got a little bit out of that. Couldn't agree more. Let's get to some scores. I want to do the first one, Cash. Center Hill Dance traveled down to Disney last week for the Nationals, and they placed in the top five in not one, but two division competitions. That would be hip-hop as well as game day. This is the best in school history as well as it is the best in the state of Mississippi's history. So a huge congratulations to Center Hill Dance Team. Absolutely well done, and thank you for representing the state so well. Additionally, Center Hill Cheer also went down to the Nationals at the exact same time, and they placed in sixth place in the nation in their division. Center Hill being double represented is quite an achievement, and so we want to congratulate all of those athletes at Center Hill High School. Absolutely. Couldn't be happier for him and job well done. Now we're going to move on to baseball. Center Hill won Thursday against Vicksburg 3-2. On Friday, they beat Vicksburg 8-3, advancing to the second round versus Neshoba Central starting Thursday at Neshoba Central. Cash, I got to tell you, I drove all the way down there to Vicksburg on a Thursday night. Now, if you don't know, that's three hours and 42 minutes one way and drove back the same night. And it's not a fun drive. It is not a fun drive. It's straight down 55, 220, all the 20 west. Yes, I know it by heart, driven it many times as a person who's from Monroe, Louisiana, to play college football. But I will tell you this. The most exciting part of the night was getting to see the Delta State bird. I didn't know if you knew this or not, but they have the black needle tip mosquito is the state bird, that area. <laughs> um, yes, and I have seen it take away small children. <laughs> The reality of it was all 40 people that showed up to the game, including home and visitor fans, were swatting the air for the entire two hours. There was never a moment you were not swatting something watching this ball game. And that was actually more exciting than the ball game because it was a 3-2 ball game. All points were scored off of errors. Really? No earned runs in the entire ball game. It was tough to watch. That's a rarity, and especially in playoffs. Yes. I mean, I think the one or two times we got on base were just because of luck, to be honest <laughs> with you, uh, error, whatever. And then the rest of them coming in were purely error after error after error. It was it was tough. And then, of course, we came up here on Friday. We The game was slow. 
believe it or not, Vicksburg was beating Center Hill leading in towards the end of the game. And then all of a sudden we had a blowout inning and took the game eight to three. And so, yes, we are advancing to the second round. Congratulations. Center Hill softball did make it to playoffs, and unfortunately it ended in the first round with a loss to Neshoba Central in back-to-back to end their season. Yeah, Cash, Neshoba Central is ranked number one in the nation. Not Woo. the state, which they are in the state as yeah. well, but number one in the nation. They have a pitcher who I think has only lost one or two games in her entire career, and she was a starting pitcher in middle school. Those are crazy stats. I mean, that's up crazy. there with Trevor Lawrence, who has never lost a regular season game in his career. Yes. He's going to lose a few t- with the Jaguars. Yeah, he'll, he'll get that taste pretty soon. There's no doubt. Next, we're going to switch over to Lewisburg, whose baseball team won their senior night on Monday, 9-7 to against Bartlett, and then they handled business against North Point Christian, beating them 4-2. to North Point game was a pretty solid game. It was back and forth, back and forth. Heard from a few people that it was a really good game to watch, uh, but Lewisburg just finished out on top. It's always nice when they can have a fun game to end the regular season. Up next, we have Lewisburg softball. But before we get into the scores, we have a brother podcast down in Hernando under the water tower who we have been jawing with in the entirety of it. That's correct, Cash. We've been sending multiple text messages back saying our Lewisburg Patriots are going to dominate those Hernando kittens. And <laughs> they did not much appreciate it. However, it was tough to report that Lewisburg did come out of the gate and win the first game, which broke a huge winning streak of Hernando's. That is only their second loss as the Hernando fighting kittens. And that is correct. And that is where we were in prime form, letting them know we were going to go ahead and handle all of the business that was needed. Unfortunately, we then had to travel to Hernando where we were not able to follow through, but we are playing one of the best teams in the state. Yeah, Cash, I'm probably going to say Hernando is the best team. And so just to say we beat them on the first game and maybe gave them a little bit of shake in their boots was a good thing. Uh, I have nothing but to say of positive things for Lewisburg Patriots softball. Uh, congratulations to those seniors on a great year. Forward to seeing how they're going to improve for the next year and so on. That's a wrap for sports. And we do want to encourage everyone to check out Under the Water Tower podcast, which is focusing a lot on Hernando. So this is important because it helps build the entire DeSoto County area, but they also focus on Lewisburg area a little as well. That's correct, Cash. Something else we want y'all to know is we this week we did a business spotlight, and feedback from our community is very important. If you have a business that is interested in doing something like this as well, we hope you would reach out to us at theobpodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you're a person who enjoys the show or maybe even has a criticism, we also want to hear from you. Please check us out on Facebook or Twitter, that is at OBPod, on both of those platforms as we want to hear from you, positive or negative. Our whole purpose here is to build the community in a positive way, and any criticism and or positive comments help towards that. I couldn't agree more. It hurts to say we want to hear criticisms, but those are important so we can build and make this as good as humanly possible. As always, if you heard a sponsor on this show, that means they are a person or company that is local, that supports our area. Please check them out or check out what services they offer because this helps with our mission to build the community. If you're enjoying what you're listening to, please share it with your friends and family on Facebook, on Twitter, anywhere. Or if you have a few minutes to give a positive review on whatever podcast listener you listen on, it would be a great help for us to continue building this podcast in a positive way for the community. Until next time, I'm Zach. And I'm Cash. We'll see y'all next week.